Hey everybody, welcome to Soul Food Priest with Father Ben. It's great to have you. I am here with Kira Roddy and Sylvia Vega. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well. Great. Job. So we're now officially in Lent. Yes. Woo-hoo. Rejoice and repent. Because here comes Lent. And so this is <clears throat> this is happening. Like we're doing this now. Yeah. And it seems like 20 minutes ago we had Christmas, but here we are. Yeah. Have you guys had your ashes yet? I have not. Pagan. <laughs> what time is it? Three mm, thirty. Yeah, 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 that's pretty pagan. Uh, yeah. yeah. I got like the whole bowl smeared on my forehead. Okay, so let's yeah. l- let's look at yours. Like that's literally, good. y'all. Father Ben gave me a drink before this, mm-hmm. and I looked down at the drink, and I thought it was vanilla had like come up to the top of the drink. Oh no, it was my black ashes <laughs> on the top <laughs> of the drink. <laughs> that's how many ashes hey, are man, on the forehead. So you might be starting a new like cocktail trend. I mean, seriously, and you know, I don't know. The Lord's trying to tell me something, putting a ton of ashes on mm. my forehead. Just tell us the truth. Was it revenge of the priest? I mean, that's a pretty big cross kind of situation. Well, you know, and I've already rubbed some off. So the you may know this, but the priests, a lot of priests have these different expressions for whatever kind of sign you put in somebody's forehead. Mm-hmm. So that if they just get a little dot, they call it the blob. Mm-hmm. If you get the um, one line going top to bottom, um, they call it the runway. Oh. You just get the runway. If you get the one line going horizontally, they call it the second window, please drive around. Yes. Okay. But if you get the, uh, you got a big forehead like I do, and you get a massive cross going across the entire forehead, okay, it's like a tennis court here, um, they, they just call this the exorcism, okay? So... I always tell people, watch out if your husband gets the exorcism. But now, did you get did you get ashes? I I, I did, but they I got a big forehead, right? So it, I'd always wash the socks. Oh, so I'll and get you were wearing the fedora. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Eighty degree weather. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> freezing all the time. Yeah, I'm that guy that's always cold. Yeah, it's um, so this is uh, it's pretty amazing because if you look at church history. All throughout church history, um, this has been such a huge, huge day mm-hmm. in the Lenten season. Um, does, do you guys know by chance what the most traded spice is in the world? Oh, like the most coveted this? spice of, of all, not the most expensive. You told us this, didn't you? Did you tell us this? The most traded spice in the world. Is it like Middle Eastern? Uh-huh, black pepper. I was going to say, is it black pepper? Mm-hmm. Oh, but I was like, real, I was trying to think, what is the most popular spice? And I would else. say pepper is the most popular yeah. spice, but I didn't think it was the, would be the most traded. But Yeah, so for like literally th- roughly 3,000 years, one of the, m- the most massive trades around the world was the spice trade. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're talking 1,500 years before Christ and 1,500 years after Christ. Mm-hmm. And they used what was called the Silk Road. Have you ever heard of the Silk Mm-mm. Road? That was like, it's, a, it's about roughly 4,000 miles of interconnected highways and waterways and stuff around the world where they would do a lot of trade, mm-hmm. okay? So it was mainly the Dutch, uh, the Italians, the Portuguese that would trade spices like cinnamon and cassia and cardamom and mace and nutmeg and things like this. I mean, it was huge, huge. It's hard for us today to imagine this, Mm -hmm. Um, but the spice trade was monumental. In fact, it was one of the things that triggered one of the Crusades Mm. in the the 11th century because the the Turks, the Seljuk Turks, 
blocked some of the um, the Christians trying to sell spices. And so they had in the 11th century with one of these big crusades. And that was one of the triggers of it. And that along with the religious freedom. But point being is that, um, you know, during that time, um, that kind of went up into what we call the late Middle Ages um, or an early Renaissance. A lot of this uh, Lent in particular was huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still is, right? But it was if you if you just if one looks at church history, Lent and penance were massive. You know, it's uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think the word ashes in the Bible is used like 40 times, mm-hmm. and mostly in the Old Testament. And so, in other words, it's kind of part of our of our culture, not just the Catholic culture, but even in Western culture, mm-hmm. to say, okay, I've made some boo-boos in my life. I need to change my life, and um, I'm going to work on myself. So all around this time that they were selling uh, spices and trading spices, a lot of those guys doing that were Christian. Mm-hmm. So they were being exposed as they were traveling. Yeah to different penitential practices and then they would bring those and the foods that they ate Mm -hmm. so they would bring some of these different penitential practices and the foods they ate back home so it's kind of neat that they would bring different flavors and spiritual practices um, back home which i think is really cool but you know modern day i mean it's it's incredible uh when we find ourselves in in lent of course everybody's like so dude what are you giving up man and i'm like is (laughs) that first question yeah what are you giving up man and i'm like okay is that any of your business i'm like yeah father i want to (laughs) know and i'm like yeah you didn't answer my question is that any of your business and so um so usually every lent i give up speeding right so i drive the speed limit for 40 days and 40 nights and i obey the law imagine that (laughs) And so a couple of years ago, I was, uh, I was, I gave up speeding and this is maybe two weeks into Lent. And, um, uh, this guy, true story, this guy sped around me and I'm used to people, you know, flipping me the bird and, and all this, right. It's Memphis. So this one guy, I look over, he, he got like an inch from my tail, sped around me and he, he looked over and he flipped me the middle finger. Okay. It was one of our parishioners. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Okay. And he's like, as soon as the finger went up, he saw me and blanched white. Okay. And I start laughing. Okay. Because it wasn't just like somebody that we never see, like he actually comes. So I ran into him like about two weeks later and I was like, I didn't say it. He brought it up and he's like, I'll see you in confession, father. I was like, yes, you will, my friend. Yes, you will. And so it's funny how things work. So I have to say, I was driving in today, and when I did, a a vehicle that looks just like Father Ben's goes like zooming in the opposite direction. And I remember you saying you gave up speeding for Lent, and it's so we're in Lent, and I saw this guy zooming, and I was like, it looks like Father Ben. I was like, I guess he didn't give up speeding for Lent this year. And then I pulled into our parking lot of here at the office and there was this truck. I was like, oh, nope, that was just somebody else. Good job, Father. <laughs> that wasn't him. It's, it's hard. It's, now it's easier because I've been doing it so long. But, man, that first couple of years of, of giving up speeding. I don't know if I could keep up with that one. Sometimes I'm unintentionally just like, oh, 
Oh, look at that. 15 now, over. Oh. What you do the over. 5 over or are you like Yeah, I'll on do the I'll dot. do 5 over. Okay. Yeah, I'll do 5 over. But and, not 6. But like I won't do if it, if the if it's 55 on the highway, I will not go over 60. Okay. And which people do not like. I at live all. in Oakland, which is far from St. Michael. And that whole it's like area is like 45. On like a highway 64 for 45 miles per hour it's like it's just it's it you can't it it's a temptation mm-hmm. so if i lived somewhere else maybe i could use that for lunch but not no you know you're making excuses yes i of. am yes. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like my kids we were talking about what are you going to give up for lunch and then we were like oh maybe you should give up this Nope, that's impossible. Maybe you should give up this. Nope, uh-huh. that's impossible. Yeah. I'm like, that's the point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> want to find that balance, right, of pushing yourself, but, but, but thinking, yeah, can I do that? No. Yeah, can I? No, we're not doing that one. No, yeah. no. Father, you know, as the social ministry person here at St. Michael, you know, I might not do my job. I, I feel like giving up social media. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh. yes. I told him, I was like, what if I get out of Facebook? He's like, Sylvia. You run the Facebook. Oh my God, I do. <laughs> what if I give up Instagram? Nope, you run the Instagram. What if I give up tip? No, nope, you run. And I'm like, see, I don't think God really wants me to yeah. give up social media right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's it is it's really funny, isn't it? Um, but it begs the question: Why Lent? I mean, why? I think especially with um, with regards to Jesus going into the desert for forty days and forty nights. I think a lot of Catholics. Um, and I'm sorry to say, I think some priests, they kind of see this as maybe like a, f- a fairy tale, like something like a, something from the Lord of the Rings. Like, okay, Jesus didn't really do that. Like, you know, he wasn't really talking to Satan. I mean, we kind of believe that, but Satan's not really real. And, you know, and, and I'm, very few Catholics have ever heard a homily on the reality of Satan. I mean, they just don't talk. And not, I'm not saying they need to hear it every Sunday, but this is in all four Gospels. In fact, the church teaches that to d- deny Satan is to deny Scripture. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a reality. And, you know, it, I mean, it's crazy that some clergy um, deny this. In fact, the, head, the current head of the Jesuit order uh, a number of years ago just denied outright that Satan existed and he later retracted it but because they called him to the mat on it but we see this even in high levels in the church so unfortunately but the our our doctrine is crystal clear on this point okay that Satan is real um he was created good chose to to change and we talked about this in a previous podcast but I think when we talk about Lent um, kind of following the fact that Jesus did spiritual warfare, it is kind of worth asking, right? Okay, if Satan was going to attack you, how would he do it? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, what's your weak point? Mm-hmm. I mean, for some people, mm-hmm. it's envy, jealousy, worry, uh, lust, uh, greed, the need to be the center of attention, being melodramatic, um, whatever it is, right? I mean, what's our weak point? Because I guarantee you he sees it. Mm-hmm. He sees it. I mean, this year was hard to pick because I felt like I could need it to give up so many things. And not just give up, but really work on for for forever, not just for Lent. And um, 
you know, the last couple months have family has gone through some stuff and I am always the first person that goes up to you and says, you just need to trust God <laughs> that he's going to take care of everything. But when it comes down to you trusting, you know that you trust him, but are you really, really trusting? So I told myself, okay, I'm going to give up this physical thing this year, but I'm also going to put some extra points. Mm-hmm. And during this time of Lent, I'm going to work on really, really just letting God have his will and trusting not just saying i trust you but what can i do no just trusting and i feel that lent is well personally is a 40 days and 40 nights where you yes you give up something in penance but it's an awesome time for the rest of the year to start making a better you and it just continues and hopefully you know the next time around you don't have to do that same one right and it's, it's yeah. a different thing that you've, all, you, mm-hmm. oh, you know what? I'm actually better at that one now. Mm-hmm. Let me work. Right. But if not, it gives you a different opportunity, another opportunity every year. That's just my personal perspective. Mm-hmm. And this year I did a little bit of both. Took something away and added something that I needed to do. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah praise God. Yeah, I found I was kind of explaining this to our family where I said, you know, Lent, it really kind of struck me where it's more of a reorienting ourselves back to Christ, the Mm -hmm. goal, and how in the midst of basketball seasons or football seasons or soccer seasons and all of that, and you're just all in the midst of life and work and social media and social events and all of those different things, you're just constantly kind of on that that kind of hamster wheel Mm -hmm. and you just are just sometimes you just lose all orientation of what's my goal why am I doing this but besides just trying to get to the next day Mm -hmm. like really what's my ultimate goal and I think Lent is a good time to say stop Mm -hmm. we got to stop this and then really say okay what is our goal heaven who is our goal, you know, Christ, that union with Christ. So, you know, what can I do to just orient myself back to that rather than try to escape mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. a lot of the, a lot of the stress, because I think we turn to mm-hmm. a lot of these, whether it's foods or social media or all these things that we're giving up, we're turning to those things in order to escape. And because we're just, we're stressed all the time. We think yeah. that's going to give us the proper outlet for our stress but then we're realizing nope I'm not happy with that one thing in my life either so mm-hmm. we're kind of so I, I mm-hmm. saw this as a nice kind of let's reorient mm-hmm. and cut back and scale back so that we're mm-hmm. we get refocused get back to basics mm-hmm. that's a great point have you guys ever seen this movie uh, uh, the greatest show mm-hmm. yeah with uh, Hugh Jackman greatest showman mm-hmm. the showman yeah I mean Gosh, what a great show. What made me think of it, Kira, to your point, Mm -hmm. is I love that for so many different reasons. I mean, I love the music. I love the acting. I love, I mean, everything that guy does is incredible. I mean, clearly he's an amazing talent, right? Mm -hmm. But I love the story of his story because, well, and I love the group of, of the people in the show, right, in the circus, because it's just a motley crew of all these people mm-hmm. that I think is such a great um, metaphor for the church, for all of us, that we're all mm-hmm. kind of just a mix-match hodgepodge. It's one of the reasons I loved <laughs> kitchens, because 
they were, it was just such a mix match hodgepodge of, of people. And, but in the, in the movie, right. So you have a guy that, that he starts getting all this popularity and, and he gets popular and he's going all over the world. And, you know, he almost, uh, cheats on his wife and he's got these daughters and, and he, in other words, his head is getting built up. Mm -hmm. He's getting a big ego. And at the very end, um, my favorite song in the whole thing is called From Now On. And uh, the song is all about where he has this light bulb moment. And he's like, and he, to your point, Kira, he, he comes back to reality, comes back to basics. And, and, and he's like, from now on, uh, these eyes will not be blinded by the light. From now on, um, I, I will start tonight. Mm-hmm. to sing the truth and I and he said I, I I drank champagne with kings and queens and politicians praised my name so he's mm-hmm. like he's talking about how he became this big guy yeah. and then he's like that was not me mm-hmm. it was not me and it but I think kind of like what we're talking about Lynn is kind of like one of those times and the word radical um, in Latin means radix or root Right, mm-hmm. so we're we're in order to be a radical, we're going back to our roots, mm-hmm. and and you know that's it's really a beautiful thing to to do that. Okay, well, it does kind of beg the question: What is Christianity? What is the essence of Christianity? We talk about being a radical and going back to our basics and going back to the root of everything we are. It does kind of beg the question: Like, what is the essence? of Christianity I mean if if we were sitting next to someone on an airplane and they said they saw your cross around your neck and they said oh are you Christian yeah I'm Christian well what is that what is that all about like what does it mean to be Christian um that's kind of a little bit what I think Lent does right is it drills us back to basics and um and sometimes we can get lost I mean in the food analogy for instance with uh, I probably told you guys I when I would hire cooks in kitchens um, they would often come in with these really fancy food culinary degrees from mm-hmm. different cooking schools and I'd I'd say that's nice you got a great resume man um, make me a blueberry muffin Ooh. make me a pancake make me an omelet you know something most every grandmother knows how to do mm-hmm. and like nine out of 10 could never do it. They wow. couldn't do it. In other words, they, mm-hmm. they needed to go back to basics. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I would tell them. And, and so it's humbling. So Lent is kind of like that. Is it say, okay, that's nice. You've been doing this. You haven't been doing this. You should have been doing this. <laughs> but um, let's get back to basics. And the essence of Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. It's a relationship with a a human figure that actually lived on planet Earth named Jesus Christ. So the essence of Christianity is in relationship, just like the Trinity is a relationship. And um, and that's an important point because, you know, somebody can die in a room full of people with all their family, their friends, their children, grandchildren, priests there. And at some point, all those faces will dissolve yeah. away. And it comes down to uh, two faces, mine and Jesus. You mm-hmm. know, And when, when we come to the realization that it's really between me and God, that's why we say, pray for us now and at the hour of our death, amen. And remember that you're dust and in the dust you shall return. Yeah. So, um, 
it, it it's such a beautiful beautiful thing I think to remember at Lent so going back to the basics and in a relationship obviously with Christ himself you know it's I think a lot of the times as as Catholics as Christians as people we overcomplicate things but the basics are the simple things and kind of um, you know, and in a way trying to perfect the simple things like you were talking about, like the omelet, you know, it's, it's kind of a tricky thing to do, but it is a basic, uh, basic thing. So what would you encourage people to do? How, how can they get back to the basics? What, what do you think, especially in Lent, what are the things that, that like prayer practices or something that they what could do the to encourage them to, encounter Christ on a very basic level. So part four, the catechism is really beautiful because it not only does it talk about different types of prayer, but it talks about problems in prayer, like things that people encounter, for instance, dryness, mm. discouragement, a distraction, uh, which I'm sure n none of you guys have oh. ever had. No, never. You know? oh. And so, <laughs> um, but it's really beautiful. And one of the things that it talks about, it talks about three types of prayer. Um, so vocal prayer that we would do together, for instance, Our Father. Uh, meditative prayer, such as the Stations of the Cross and Divine Mercy Chaplet, the Rosary, whatever, Alexio Divina. And then contemplative prayer, um, contemplatio or contemplative prayer, which if we had to sum all that up in one word, it would be listening. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to answer your question, what can we do? Uh, listen, you know, um, basically shut up. Mm -hmm. And Mother Teresa used to tell her sisters that it was, it was the simplest form of prayer and the hardest form of prayer. Mm -hmm. And it's simple because we're not doing anything, mm -hmm. and it's difficult because we're not doing anything. Mm -hmm. And so basically she said it's so challenging because we're trying to silence the mind yeah and a lot of times when people have silence the mind takes off yeah <laughs> like this happens to moms when they go to bed oh yeah uh, they lay down and their brain is going 100 miles an hour and they mm -hmm. look over and their husband's like <laughs> you know like and like how do you do that right <laughs> and so um so when the uh, a lot of times when people have silence the mind takes off yeah so one of the things we're trying to do is train the mind and the heart to listen, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Now what happens with that is they become ipso facto better listeners and communicators with their spouse and with other people. Oh, for sure. And I mean, th this manifests itself in small ways. For instance, looking at people when they're talking to you. Um, looking at one's spouse when you're communicating, when they're talking. A lot of times, you know, when we're living with someone, we don't even notice those things. Yeah. We don't even notice those things. I mean, I notice them because I do marriage counseling with couples. But like a lot of times, for instance, if a, if a guy's talking, if his wife is talking about the problem, mm -hmm. he's staring at the carpet in my office. Mm -hmm. he's, oh. not, he's not aware of it. Yeah. You know, and I'll interrupt them and say and point it out. But I, I mentioned that with regards to this because when we learn to listen uh, to God first, mm -hmm. we it, it has ripple effects in our communicative skills. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, that would be my suggestion, and and uh, and that is equally as difficult for priests 
because priests are we're used to going 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 run 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 so to try to train our brain and our heart to shut up mm-hmm. and yeah. to listen is no small task right so right now we're doing a Lenten study and it's on Dr. Bob Schutz's do you want to be healed which is a 10-day kind of spiritual retreat uh, but it uses Lexio Divina, so where you do reflect and meditate and eventually contemplate a scripture passage, mm-hmm. and it walks you through that. Uh, and so if any listeners are, are really wanting to say, like, how do I do that? How do I silence myself? How do I encounter Christ? Well, I mean, of course, we can sit in the chapel and you know, and block everything out, leave your phone in the car and, you know, all of that. Um, But that prayer, that book has been already starting to do wonders in people's prayer lives. And we've only had one gathering, Mm -hmm. one gathering where people are really encountering Christ in prayer in ways in which they didn't do. And it's for that reason is it leads you to this point of, listen to him what is he speaking to you mm-hmm. and uh and so if anybody wants a little little something a little resource or something that is just it's really been very powerful already to see it yeah. work so well it's very important i think number one is to find the time to take your advice father just to find a moment where you are in a quiet space in order to be able to listen because it's hard to listen when you're in the car with the kids, when you are at home and this and homework and getting dinner. So let's find the time, make it a purpose for us. I need to find the time and um, find a moment where everything else is quiet. It doesn't matter what time of day, but to be able to listen, make sure you're in a quiet place. Um, there's, it's so important, so important. We can try and say, okay, I'm gonna drive the kids to school and this is gonna be my moment of prayer. They're gonna be in the back. No, it's you're gonna be interrupted. So find a moment where it's perfect for you and um, have quiet time and open your heart and listen to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, somebody could say, and I, de- I now would accept the criticism. Well, Father, that may be easy for you uh, but you're not changing diapers at 3 a.m. Yeah. And I would, my response would be, amen. I fully agree. <laughs> so we're trying to, we're all trying to carve it out um, and, uh, and, and find that time. And the, you know, the truth is Jesus gets that, yeah. right? I mean, Jesus understands that. You know, there's a beautiful lines twice in the Gospels we hear, Mary pondered these things in her heart. Yeah. So the word ponder, if we break that down, uh, that's contem- contemplation, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it says Pope John Paul II is there, and, and uh, Hans Urs von Balthasar and Ratzinger, they all talked about the word they call wonder, mm-hmm. having a deep sense of wonder and awe. And when someone doesn't, when they're not able to cultivate to some extent uh, a little bit of silence, they don't, there's no sense of wonder you know, uh, John Paul actually said, there are some elements in life that only the poet understands. Mm-hmm. Meaning that is that there are some things that, that prose or words can't really explain, only poetry understands it in the, the beauty of, mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. You know, like for instance, standing in front of the Grand Canyon or standing, having the birth of one's child, um, where you, it's as if the time stops. 
and um, where you you just receive. Exactly. And there are seasons, you know, because I know there are times where I'm like, oh, this is not my season to be able to carve out maybe an hour every day for, for prayer or whatever, you know. Um, but there is that recognizing wonder, you know, in the when all the kids are kind of screaming and kind of crazy in the house, there's a little three-year-old who sees something simple and his face lights oh, up. Yes. That's prayer, like recognizing that's a movement of God right there can be can be prayer. And I even remember hearing, I don't remember who this is one, so this is who this was from, it's not me, but even as a parent, you know, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, mm-hmm. so a kid goes into timeouts, mm-hmm. you know, going and talking to them lovingly, you know, is is going to visit the prisoner. You <laughs> <know>? <laughs> or, you know, making changing the diapers and, and getting them dressed. These are sometimes that's your season. Mm-hmm. And and making wow. that thank you for sharing your that. prayer is is maybe is that's maybe where point. you are yeah, yeah that's so, a great point you know figuring out what your season is and not feeling guilty because yeah. you can't squeeze in an mm. hour or whatever in in your day but also then making sure you're trying to stay focused on Christ at some point in time in your day because we can get so distracted from mm-hmm. that yeah well let's remember to hit the reset button in our lives and in our spiritual growth uh, during Lent. And remember to take some time to ourselves and some quiet time and just to listen to the Holy Spirit, especially during Lent. Um, We thank you, Father, again. And if you're listening, please remember to like our pages on Facebook, Soul Food Priest uh, podcast, uh, and um, share with your friends and your family. And if you have any questions that you want us to tackle, Um, please let us know. We are listening and watching out for those, and we thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Don't forget to put soul in your food and give food to your soul. God bless you.